we together can go and deliver and heal and set the captives free. We together can go and bring heaven to earth. We together can go and do great things. We together can go and do the works of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to continue in our series entitled Uncovering Our Identity in Christ. This is part number six, and it is subtitled The Power Within Us. Oh, my goodness, we had a great time today, and I really want you to get into this message so that you can discover how God has already invested unlimited power and resources inside of you. My friend, this is the time to ask not for more power, but how to access the power that is already within you. This is so thrilling. I can't wait for you to hear the entire message. Now, don't forget to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear the entire series. And while you are there, please consider giving a financial donation to the ministry. A little bit goes a long way. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled The Power Within You, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right, today we're going to be going back into the series uh, entitled Uncovering Our Identity in Christ. Uncovering Our Identity in Christ. This is so much, uh, this is so so much of an important message that every member of the body of Christ needs to know and needs to understand your identity in Christ. And of course, in this series, we're not going to be able to go through every bit of it. We're only going to know it all when the Lord comes. But we can discover and uncover some things that I know that the Lord will allow you to uh, use and absorb in your life. And it's going to make you, um, it's going to be very beneficial to you. And it's going to help you in your walk with Christ. Amen? Amen. So we're depending on the Holy Spirit to lead us in the way we should go. All right. So this is part number six of that series, Uncovering Our Identity in Christ. And today we're going to subtitle this, The Power Within You. The Power Within You. Hallelujah. All right, let's go to, we're going to start here at uh, Romans 8 chapter, Romans 8, Romans 8. And uh, I want to ask you a question as we get Romans 8. Where are you? Where are you? Some would say, well, I'm in the church right now. Others that are watching uh, later on, watching the telecast or, or riding down the road, you may say, well, I'm in the car. I'm, I'm at home. Where are you? I'm in the gym, wherever you are watching or listening right now. Where are you? But let me bring something else to your attention that I really want you to begin to identify with. Let's look at Romans 8, verse number 1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I want you to begin to identify that you are in Christ Jesus, that you are in Christ. Now, you'll notice several times today and also through your own studies, I want you to notice how the Bible says a multitude of times, Christ Jesus and then it says also Jesus Christ. Sometimes these are interchangeable, but there is a difference between the two. Christ means the anointing. 
the anointed one and his anointing. Christ meaning the burden removing, yoke destroying power of God. It's God's ability to do and to remove and to shape and form. It's the very power of God. Okay? So when the Bible talks about Christ Jesus, it's emphasizing the power. And then Jesus talks about the personality, the person. So when you talk about Christ Jesus, it's emphasizing the power that belongs to Christ. But the power that belongs to Christ the person. Does that make sense? Then other times you find Jesus Christ, which emphasizes the person, then the power. Okay? Another thing, another thing that we'll discover is that we are known as the body of We're known as the body of the body of Christ. Nowhere in scripture are we known as the body of Jesus. Although Jesus is Christ, you cannot separate Jesus from his power. And you cannot separate the power from Jesus. But I need you to make, I need to make this distinction so that you will realize where you are. Now, Again, we are not the body of Jesus because, you know, of course, Jesus has his own body. You'll find that when you see his body, you'll find the nail scars. Isn't that right? He rose physically, bodily. He has his body. But again, he is Christ. Remember, he told the disciples, asked the disciples, who do men say that I am? They said Jonah and some other things. But the Lord said, but who do you say that I am? Peter got up and said, hey, you are the Christ. You are Christ. Jesus, I see you. I identify you as Christ. And Jesus said, well, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. Peter identified Jesus as Christ. Jesus is Christ. Christ is Jesus. Inseparable. But Christ is the power that's upon him. That makes sense. Jesus is the person. Jesus is Christ. That's why the scripture says Jesus the Christ or Christ Jesus. All right. Where are you? The Bible says again in Romans 8 chapter, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. You are in the anointing. The Lord emphasizes this, emphasizes here, which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Let me show you another one. Let's go to Romans 12, 5. Romans 12, 5, listen to this. It says, so we being many are one body in Christ. So here does not emphasize the person of Jesus, but just his power. Does that make sense? It says, so we being many are one body in Christ and everyone members one of another. You are in Christ. Now, I want you to say that. Say, I am in Christ. Christ. Now, that is a truthful statement. I ask you, where are you? I am in Christ. Now, I want you to use wisdom. If if we're out somewhere and uh, I need to know where you are, (laughs) are you hearing me? If I'm trying to find you, Yes, you can tell me you are in Christ. Then tell me what you physically are at the moment if you want me to come and pick you up. Does that make sense? 
Let me show you some more. Let's go to um, Ephesians, the second chapter, verses 4 through 10. Now, we're going this way for a reason, and, and I need you to get this. I need you to get this to, and to catch the flow of this. Here again, we're speaking from the subject of the power within you. Now, let's go to Ephesians, the second chapter, and look at verses number 4 through 10. And it says, but God, who is rich in mercy... For his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved. Now, again, the Bible says that we were dead in our sins. Very important that you understand that. We were dead in our sins. And then the Bible says that we were quickened together with Christ with Christ. Doesn't that say that in your Bible? We were dead. Say with me. I was dead in sin. Now listen, what are we doing? We're quoting scripture right now, right? You agree with what God said, right? If you agree with what God said, then you can get the benefit of what God said. He said that we were dead in sin, dead, but it says that we were quickened or brought back to life or made alive, we were made alive with Christ. So say with me, I was dead in sin, then made alive with Christ. Then it says, by grace ye are saved. Now, we know that Jesus came and is the uh, Lamb of God. He's God's perfect sacrifice for mankind. We know that he died on that cross, and we know that he was resurrected, hallelujah. So there was a death that had to occur. Uh, it was the guilty, or rather the, the innocent, Jesus was innocent of all charges. The innocent became guilty before the eyes of God so that the guilty could become innocent. That's it in a nutshell. Jesus innocent. His innocence came upon us. Our guilt came upon him. All right? So the innocent Jesus Christ became guilty before God judged. He was judged for us, and he died the death that you and I should have died. He substituted. He was a, a, a substitute for us. All right. He hung on the cross. He took the punishment, the shame, the guilt, the humiliation that you and I should have endured. He took our place, and he died the death. But because it was God's plan to resurrect him to life, in that way, when God resurrected him and set him at his own right hand, he was telling everyone in the universe that my son is now righteous. And what he was condemned with, what he was uh, judged for, our sins, now all that stuff rests in the bottomless pit of hell, rests in the fires of hell, never to be remembered anymore. Are you hearing me? I want you to go with me for a moment. So it says that we were raised to life or brought to life with Christ. So Jesus died, but then was resurrected the third day, right? He was brought to life, brought to life. He was made alive. Listen, so we were made alive with Christ. Very important that you understand that. We were made, say with me, I was made alive with Christ. I was dead in sin, but I was made alive in Christ. All right, now that's important. Look at verse number six and hath raised us up together. Yes. 
Remember, Gordon and Tito did that last week, right? Or the week before last, or b before then. But anyway, hallelujah. They were raised up together. Raised together, right? God brought us all back to life in Christ. One time. Now, you may have gotten saved in 1970, 1980, 1990, or the 2000s. You may have gotten saved back in 19, I don't know, 60-something. But whenever you did, your coming to life was actually then with Christ Jesus. He made you alive then. We just tied into it. We just received what was already done. Okay? Jesus did not get up again from the grave when you gave your life in the church or when you gave your life in the revival somewhere. He didn't, oh, they're giving their life to me. I better get back down and get back in hell and rise up again. Are you hearing me? Doesn't make sense, does it? No, but when you received him, when you received him, you got that credit. Does that make sense? All right, so it says again, and hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in where? In Christ Jesus, all right? Look at verse seven, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now look at verse number 10. For we are God's workmanship, created where? In Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Now, understand this. I want you to take a note of the word created here. This is going to tell you one, another reason why God did this. This is so powerful. The Bible says that we were created where? In Christ Jesus. Christ, the term Christ Jesus emphasizes the power, emphasizes the power than the person. Okay? If it said we were created in Jesus Christ, that's something else. But God emphasizes the power and then the person. Now, Jesus is the head of the body. Jesus is the head of the church. He is Jesus the Christ. Nothing is done with his power without him. You will not wield or use or exert the power of Christ without Jesus. It is the name of Jesus that activates the power of Christ. Does that make sense? So understand something. So if someone says, well, I operate in anointing, but I don't, I don't want to talk about Jesus. Well, no, that's, you got some other type of anti-something going on there. That's not Jesus. Are we, are we there? So it says again, we are, verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Now, the word created here, the word created here means to be formed, shaped. All right. When were we formed or shaped? When the Lord raised Christ from the dead, when he raised us from the dead, he formed us and he shaped us. Now, understand something, because the word created also means it also means to be habitable, to be habitable. So you can look this up in your own uh, concordance and um, your own Bible dictionaries if you want to. In the Greek, it means habitable. It does mean shape or formed, but it also means habitable. In other words, God made you and I habitable. 
When he raised Jesus from the dead, raised us up with Christ, he made us habitable. Now the word habitable means uh, able to be lived in. Think about some old house somewhere out in the field somewhere and you know it's all broken down and stuff. You say that's not habitable. You can't live in that. But when the workers go in, they put the new floors in, they put the new walls up, they clean out all the asbestos, hopefully that's not there, to take all the mold out and everything else, then a family can move in there and live in there, then it's habitable. Now, prior to us being born of God, prior to us being born again, we had a dead spirit. We were dead in our trespasses and sins, dead spirit. God is a living spirit. A living spirit cannot abide in a dead spirit. So the first thing the Lord had to do as you received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he raised you to life. He reformed, he formed, created you, shaped you, and made you habitable for him. Now you have a living spirit, and God who is a living spirit can now live in a living spirit. Say with me, he made me habitable. He made you a place that he could dwell. That's what it's talking about. He made you a place that he can dwell. Now, we know that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, right? He made me habitable. In other words, now, uh, see this progression. We were dead. Uh-huh. Then we received Christ Jesus as our Lord and as our Savior, and God raised us up with him. Raised us up with him. And somehow, during that raising up process, he formed you and shaped you and made you a place that he could live in that he could inhabit, that he could dwell in. And then he decided, I'm not sure how long this happened, in a blink of an eye, a half of a blink of an eye, or whatever it was, then he decided, uh, sit with me here in heavenly places. Because after all, the body always sits with the head. Jesus is the head of the body. You are the body of Christ. You cannot separate Jesus from Christ. Neither can you separate Christ from Jesus. Are you understanding? You are the body of Christ. So the body always sits with the head. Make sense? So he raises us up together. Going to have to. We are his body. We're going to have to sit with him in heavenly places. Now, there's a reason, again, that God has formed us and shaped us and made us habitable. And he did this for a reason. Now, I want you to see this as we go further. Are you getting something out of this? Now, we were just in Ephesians 2. Let's go back to Ephesians 1. I'm just loving Ephesians, I'm telling you. Let's go to Ephesians 1, and let me begin to tell you why he made you habitable, why you're sitting with him. There is a reason and purpose for all of it. Now, once you understand God's strategy and his purposes for calling you, you'll also understand your responsibility. Are you hearing me? Now, when you sit, God sits high and he sits, in, um, he sits on his throne. Now, understand something. And a throne is a place of judgment. A throne is a place where laws are, are, are issued, where decree, decrees are being um, uh, spoken, and he's declaring things. The throne is where you can carry out judgments or you can issue mercy. Now, you and I are seated with him in the throne and as you'll see today he has given you power to back that up 
let's go on a little bit further here. Ephesians, the first chapter, verse 16 through 23. It says here, and this is what Paul is praying here, and because it says it here, it says, cease not to give thanks to you, make a mention of you in my prayers. Now listen to this in verse 17. It says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you. So this is talking to who? Take ownership of it. Who is this talking to? I want you to take ownership of the word. This is talking to me. My father is talking to me. Say it with me. My father is talking to me. All right. So I don't want you to look at the Bible ever as if, a, as if it's a book written to other people. This is your father's book written to you. These are his words written to you. Are you understanding? It says that, that the father of our Lord Jesus Christ, notice it says, of our Lord Jesus Christ emphasizing the person and then the power okay that the father of our Lord Jesus Christ or emphasizing relationship first and then the power all right that the father of our Lord Jesus Christ the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him listen the eyes of your understanding being enlightened now you can make note of that phrase, highlight it, whatever you want to do. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened. Now listen, he says that he wants you to have his spirit. He wants you to have the spirit of Christ, the spirit of God. He wants you to have his wisdom and revelation. It is the Holy Spirit that brings you into wisdom and revelation. Why, why, why? And it goes on to say, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. It is the Holy Spirit that opens up your eyes. In other words, it is the Spirit of God that turns on the light in your thinking, turns on the light in your soul. He turns it on so that you may comprehend, so that you may understand. You can't understand these things without the Holy Spirit giving you wisdom, without him turning the lights on. So in essence, he's saying, I pray that the Spirit of God would flood you with light. So say with me, I receive the light. Now listen, he says, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know. Okay, now here's something that he wants you to know. There are, there are really three things here, but it's really uh, brought down into two. That you may know. Now here's something that your father wants you to know. Something that can only be revealed by the Holy Spirit as he turns the light on. Here it is, that you may know what is the hope of his calling. The reason why he called you, what he plans for you. And what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. There's something that he is going to receive from you. Now listen, this verse 19 is what we want to focus on today. Now, he's saying, I pray again that God floods you with light by his spirit so that you may know this, verse 19, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he wrought where? In Christ, when he what? Raised him from the dead. Somebody's maybe getting a little bit about this now. When he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in heavenly places. Stop right there for a moment. I want to bring that a little bit closer to you. I want to bring it a little bit closer to you. Now, to do that, I want to, we're going to use a little bit of the Amplified Bible. Uh, let's go to the same book, Ephesians 1, verse 19 through 20, out of the Amplified uh, Classic Edition. This is how it reads. And so that you can know and understand what is the 
immeasurable and unlimited and surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe as demonstrated in the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. What are we saying here? Let's back up for a second. He said, I want the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the power that is already in you. I thank God for his mercy. I thank God that he is so kind that he doesn't get upset when we ignorantly, when we ask for um, really ignorant things. Many times I've asked, God, give me more power. God, send the power. God, give me more power. But what you'll understand is that when you were born of God, when you were resurrected with Christ Jesus, God made you habitable for power. He not only gave, he didn't give you a little bit of power, he gave you so much power that cannot be measured. It is immeasurable, it is unlimited of the amount of power that you already possess in Christ Jesus. The question is, or our prayer should not be, God give me more power, but the, our prayer should be, help me to access, then manifest the power that you have already placed within me. Does that make sense? Help me to access and then manifest the power that's already been placed in me. You have enough power in you. Now this is immeasurable and it is unlimited so I, I can't be exaggerating this. It goes above, above and beyond all that we can ask or think. You have enough power in you. you you're like a nuclear generator, something on the inside of you. And you have enough power in you that could power a solar system. It's immeasurable. But first we've got to, first we've got to power a light bulb. Learn how to power a light bulb. Once you learn how to power a light bulb, well, you can power your house. Once you learn how to power your house, you may be able to power your neighborhood. Once you learn to power your neighborhood, you can power your city. Once you power your city, you may be able to power your county and then power your state and then power the nation and then power the planet. Does that make sense? The power of God is already in you and it is already immeasurable. It is already limitless. It is already on the inside of you. So the correct prayer is not God, you know, give me, you know, give me more power, give me more power, give me more power, give me more power. He said, you, you don't understand. You already have an unlimited source of power already in you right this very moment. But the correct prayer should be, God, help me to access. Give me, give me your spirit or, or Holy Spirit. Open my eyes. Flood my understanding with light so that I can comprehend it, so that I can know how to access it, how, so I know how to tap into this and then to manifest it outwardly. Are you hearing? You can have power upon a pole. Let's say you just move into a house. And there's power on that pole, but if you don't know how to tap into it, your TV is never work. You got to know how to tap into the power that's already there. 
So what we need to be asking God is, Lord, where's the outlet? How can I plug into this? How can I plug into this? How can I plug into this? So today I pray that we'll be talking about some hindrances to it. If, if not today, then next week. But I'll talk to you about how to tap into this. How to tap into this, that this that is already present within you. Do you believe the word of God? Yes. Then this word must also be true. And so let's look at this again in verse number 19. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought. Now the word wrought there in the Greek is energeo. Say with me, energeo. Energeo means to exert power, to put forth power. God said he put forth power when he raised Christ from the dead. He put forth, he put forth power in Christ. In Christ, he put forth power. Now, where were you created again? In Christ. God said, I put forth power in Christ. What kind of power? An immeasurable power, an unlimited power. I put that power forth in Christ when I raised him from the dead. Hmm, when he raised him from the dead, how, how does that, how does, you know, how, what does that mean to me? What, weren't you raised with Christ? and created in Christ. So all of this relates to you. He said, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in, in heavenly places. Now verse 21 says, far above all principality and power. There are other powers, but that power does not, it does not, uh, it does not surpass the power of Christ. Are you hearing me? He said, all far above, far, say far. Far above all principality, that's demonic rulers, and power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, which means that there will never, ever, ever be a power that is greater than that of Christ. There will never, ever, ever be a name that is greater than that of Christ. There will never be another force ever created that is powerful, that is more stronger, than there's more strong than the body of Jesus Christ and Christ himself does that make sense this is for ages to come throughout eternity so he gives you a place to sit this is an eternal seat this is a place of authority and power and then he gives you unlimited power which no one else could match now let me tell you this lie that the devil has told people for years and some of you have seen this picture. Let me know if you've seen this picture. You've seen the pictures where Jesus and the devil are arm wrestling. That's poopy. That does not exist. Christ has power that is far above. Far above. There's no devil, no demon that can match the power of Christ. Are you hearing me? Now, when I talk about the power of Christ, yes, we're going to applaud. We're going to clap for Jesus. Hallelujah. But we'll also applaud and clap that you are in Christ, that you are a part of that. Hallelujah. 
Because understand, when we just say, oh Lord, you got it, you did it, you got all the power, Jesus, you got all the power, well then that's great, it's true, hallelujah, that's great, it's true, but we put it all up there, but God said, hey, you need power right where you are, and if you understand who you are in me, and who I am in you, then we together can go and cast some demons out, we together can go and lay hands on the sick and see the sick recover, we together can go and deliver and heal and set the captives free. We together can go and bring heaven to earth. We together can go and do great things. We together can go and do the works of Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. But if it's always, oh, he's got it up there, then you'll never do it here. Does that make sense? So he said, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, talking about Jesus. Listen, which is his body? Say, I am the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Which is his body? What? The what? The fullness of him, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, let's look at the word fullness for a moment. Now, the word fullness in the Greek is, uh, it is a uh, uh, pre, uh, yes, pre-roma. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Pre-roma. Thank you, Lord, for the tongue. And pre-roma means that which is filled that which is filled. In the New Testament, it talks about the body of believers as that which is filled with the presence, power, agency, riches of God, and of Christ. The word filled here, rather fullness, means that which is filled. Past tense, that which is filled. Now look at this, look at that verse again. It says here, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all in all. Now, again, the word fullness means to be filled with the power and presence of God. We are his body, which has been already filled with the power and presence of God. There is no limit no limit to the power and the might that God can use through you. The only one that can limit his power and might through you is you. No devil in hell can limit the amount of power and the authority that you will exert through Christ Jesus. The only limit, the only governor we can say, or governor that we can say that is there is the ones that we place upon ourselves. Are you hearing? Oh my God, my God. Let's go a little bit further, then we're gonna close out today. Now understand something. What happens to the head also happens to the body. Would you agree with that? If I slap your head and your head go back, your body will go back too. What happens to the head happens to the body. If I see, if you come and you put your head in the door, hello, I know your body is right behind. If your head catches a cold, your body got a cold. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. 
What happens to the head happens to the body. And also what happens to the body influences the head. It causes the head to react. What happens to you, you being the body of Christ, causes the head to react. Which is the same case we see there in the book of Acts, how uh, Saul, who would one day become Paul, as he was persecuting the church, Jesus showed up, the head showed up. When he persecuted the body, the head showed up and said, what you doing to me? Why persecute thou me, Saul? What you mean, Jesus? I thought you were sitting in heaven at the right hand of God. Yes, I'm there, but my body is still down here. And you hit my body, you're going to cause my attention. What's going on? It's hard. He said, it's hard to kick against the prick. Understand something. Understand this body-head relationship. Now listen, if it happened to the head, it's going to happen to the body. The same power that's in the head flows also throughout the body. Are you, are you hearing me? The same blood, if you will, that flows through my head also flows throughout my entire body. There's no separate blood. That's something else, a Frankenstein something. Are you hearing me? Now, the Lord gave us these bodies as a reference. He gave these things as a shadow of things that he is already, uh, the things that he would reveal for us. Remember also the Bible declares that Jesus is the vine and you are the branches. The same power that flows in the vine also flows through the branches. It's not two separate things. Are you hearing me? So if it happens to the head, it's going to happen to the body. Now look here in Matthew, Matthew, Matthew 28 as we begin to close. Matthew 28, verse number 18. Matthew 28, verse 18. We're going to look at this out of the King James Version and also out of the Amplified. It says here, and Jesus came, this is after his resurrection, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying what? All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. All meaning all, excluding nothing. He said, I got all the power. If the head got all the power, then his body must have all the power. Look at this out of the Amplified Bible. I love the way it reads here. It says, Jesus approached and, breaking the silence, said unto them, all authority, that word power is also translated authority, all authority, all power of rule in heaven and on earth has been given to me. If the head has all power of rule, then so does his body. Now understand something, because Jesus is the head of the body, because he's the head of the anointing, we're not going to just go in just, and just start doing stuff. You have to be authorized by the head. Now listen, I love my hand, but if my hand ever start picking up something when I don't know about it, we got a problem. If my hand develops his own mind... We say something wrong with it. I didn't want to pick that oil up. What, what happened? What, what happened? What happened? What happened? What happened? What, what's wrong with my hand? What's wrong? What's wrong? If I can't trust my hand, I'm not going to use my hand. If, I, if we go in some type of expensive jewelry store and they have a watch there valued at over $100,000, and if my hand is doing all this, I'm not going to use it to pick up that watch. I'm only going to use it if I can trust my hand. You going? Yeah, I'll go. Okay. Amen. 
Pick it up slowly now. All right, yeah, yeah. Look, there you go, hand. I know I can trust it. Hallelujah. I can trust it so I can use it. I know it's going to follow my instruction. Hallelujah. If I tell it to drop it, it'll drop it. But I'm telling my hand now, don't drop it, but hold it tight. I told it to do that, and it obeyed what I said. Therefore, I know I can use it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. You say, why isn't God using me with his power? Fill in the blank. And so the Lord said, hey, I've got all power and authority. The greater your submission to the head, the more power will flow to you. That makes sense? So, again, if Jesus has all the power of rule, and he does, why aren't we seeing the fulfillment of it in the body? If we've got all this power and authority in us, so, again, why aren't we seeing it in the body? Still not convinced? Let me show you one more. Let's go to Ephesians, the third chapter. Ephesians, third chapter, verse number 20. Let me read this to you out of the Amplified Bible. And it says, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams according to his power that is at work where? Within us. His power is already there and it is already working in you. Remember what the Bible says in Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse 13. He said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which strengthens me. Isn't that right? We're doing it through Christ, which means that you can do things, but it not be through Christ. And those things won't strengthen you. Ephesians uh, 610, uh, you know this as well. He says, finally my, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, we're going to uh, go a little bit further as we close out today. So why aren't I seeing the power? The power is present. The power is there. And I hope that you understand this. And I hope that you will believe this by now. There are more scriptures that I can give you. That will tell you again that God's power is already present within you. Already right here at this moment. But again, the issue is us manifesting, accessing, and manifesting this power. Let me give you just a few reasons why we haven't seen uh, a lot of power manifest through us. One reason is because we just simply don't believe. Just simply don't believe. The Bible is just like words on a page. You just simply don't believe. Unfortunately, some people go home today. What was, what was, what was the message about today? I, I don't know. Something power, I think. You know, something. Simply don't believe. When you believe, your believing will, make, will change your actions. If you believe that there was a snake coming in the door right now, if you believe that, you would act accordingly. By the same token, if I said to you that last night I came up here and I put a check for uh, $10,000 under one of your chairs, I left the fourth uh, section blank. You can put your name in it. If you believe that, if, you, if I told you that, if I told you it is true, I actually did that. I put a check for $10,000, a blank check for $10,000 under one of these chairs. If you believe that, you would get up and look under the chairs. Amen, amen. Isn't that right? Yeah. 
believing motivates action. Why have we seen the power? Just don't believe it. Secondly, we, we lack submission. We lack submission and, and true repentance. Thirdly, we're not yielding to uh, spirit-led opportunities. God said, go pray for this one. Uh, Lord, what are they, you know? What? Someone says they're sick. Why don't you go pray? Uh, well, Lord, you know. This is why we're not singing or or lack of lack of the true character of Christ. Still lying, still cheating, still all this other stuff. We're not seeing it because remember the 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 anointing responds to the character of Jesus. If we don't have the character of Jesus through the spirit, then I wonder why we're not we're not seeing these things or a lack of. Uh, a, a lack of receiving or acknowledging the presence of Christ within our lives. Amen. You acknowledge him? Do you, uh, I like the way one man said you need to walk, with the, walk as if you're holding a dove on your shoulders because you know the Lord is with you. At all times, you know he's with you. You know he's with you. Amen. Does that make sense? Yeah. What I'm telling you today is that the very power of God is present within you right Amen. now. Amen. Not one day. Not doing the millennium, I'm sure it would be. Not one day in the sweet by and by, but it's right now, today. Today. What you've got to do now is say, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. So that I can see it, how to activate what's already placed in me. And that's either it's true or it's not. If you don't think it's true, then don't worry about praying. Just keep on living life the way you've been living. But if you know this word is true and that the power of God is already present, it's already present, then we've got to tap into it and seek his spirit to do that. Are you hearing? So, Father, I thank you today in Jesus' name for your word. And I pray your, your people will receive. I pray your people will receive the challenge of seeking you, of seeking your presence so that they may access and tap into the power that you've already placed within us. Lord, we've seen little blips here and there. We've seen little sparks here and there at different times. We prayed for this one, we saw results and, and prayed here and there and we saw results. But Lord, we have not seen true continuous power flow. And Lord, we know that that is the case that we should have true continuous power from your throne because after all, we're sitting right next to you. And Lord, today I pray that you would open up our understanding so that we may enter into the thing that you have designated for us. Because you created us in Christ Jesus to do good works. And we're going to do good works through Christ, through Jesus Christ, through his anointing. Lord, we thank you so much. And we give you praise today. And Father, I pray for our online community, everyone that is watching right now. Lord, I pray today that you would uh, fill them with a knowledge of your will for their lives. And that they would flow in the power and the authority of Christ. And that their lives would completely change, henceforth and forevermore, in Jesus' name. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. 
We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.